Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Kate Watson. I'm here with two childhood friends, um, which is always a joy. Oh my goodness. I've known the two of you as long as I've known some close family members. (laughs) Um, I think of you as close family members, and I'm so excited for both of you to be here today as we talk a little bit about boundaries. Um, I want to share what made me think of this topic, but I want the audience to hear who you are first. So um, Elizabeth, I might ask you to kick us off. You want to say hello? Hi, everybody. I'm Elizabeth McElroy. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, a psychotherapist focusing mostly on grief and chronic illness and mostly with older adults. Although as I keep talking, you'll hear me use examples from other uh, clientele. So cool. Thanks. Thanks so much for being here. You've been on before, so the the audience knows you, but I want to do a grand introduction to another guest today who is joining us for the first time, certainly not the last time. Um, Megan, would you like to say hello? Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Kate. Um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I am practicing in California and Pennsylvania, but I'm here in Pennsylvania now. And my work focuses mostly on folks who have had some kind of struggle in their childhood or have experienced domestic violence. Um, So usually for the clients I work with, that shows up as anxiety, but it can look all kinds of ways. And that's the kind of work I do. I'm starting to wonder if the audience has put together that all of my childhood friends became therapists. (laughs) It is really something. Yeah, it's not it's not just us either. I mean, I won't name names, but we're all looking at each other because we know there are others who we've been hanging out with since we were little kids on the swing set and all of us became therapists or I don't know, helping professionals in some ways. There are some nurses in our group. There are some teachers in our group. But um, isn't it just interesting how we clicked together so young and here we are so many years later um, still doing it. So thanks for being here. And particularly on this topic, I want to thank you for being here. Um, We're in our 10th season of the podcast and I was doing some reflection over the summer about like the topics we visited and the, the, the stories we've shared. And one thing that I started to uncover and maybe become a little bit uh, worried about was perhaps some of our episodes have been even a, a tiny bit misleading or certainly unintentionally harmful in some ways. I started to notice that a lot of the episodes that we've had in the last couple of years have focused on all the ways that we can be so accommodating to people and and offer ourselves with so much empathy and so much compassion and be of service to others that I worry we really haven't done a good enough job of talking about the limits of that and the ways to protect ourselves from sometimes being um, overused or exploited as helpers. And it made me think, you know what, we really ought to dedicate some time to talking about boundaries. So I asked both of you to come on because I need some help. Boundaries is one of those words 
that gets tossed around a lot. And I'm not sure we all have the same idea of what that means. So I want to ask both of you to just like, you know, try this out. How would you explain it to someone who's never heard of it before? What are boundaries? So I was thinking a bit about this, preparing for our conversation today. And for me, boundaries are about helping oneself feel safe, helping oneself feel safe in one's body, um, in one's relationships, and realizing that there is a lot you can do to be in partnership with your nervous system, the people that you're surrounded by, but that that can mean listening to yourself. And I think about that because for me, boundaries is not about controlling what other people do uh, and dictating their behavior, but it's about how you give yourself to others or how you allow access to yourself. Um, and that can change from interaction to interaction and person to person. So I don't know that I have a clear list, um, but I do think it's a skill that like a muscle, it gets flexed and developed over time. Yeah. And I'll just add, if I can, um, that I think boundaries are changeable. That is a really great point. I want to highlight that Meg just said that you are allowed to change them at any time um, for whatever reason feels right to you. I will say it's harder to implement boundaries after you haven't for a long time. That's something to be mindful of. Uh, And also that for me, I think of boundaries as a way to avoid feeling resentment. I think a lot of times um, I was saying to the ladies before we started that in my personal and professional life, I sometimes say yes when I really want to say no and then I feel resentful. And then the person I'm dealing with is kind of wondering to themselves, like, what is this woman's problem? Um, so I, I think of boundaries that way too, that ultimately they help you avoid feeling resentful and uncomfortable and frustrated because you didn't have a sort of unwritten contract. A lot of that was really helpful. And, you know, for the listeners who were not with us when we did a little pre-planning, Elizabeth, you did say that thing about, you know, sometimes you say yes when you really mean no. And it made me think of a time recently where I heard a friend talking about another friend. It was neither of you, but (laughs) I heard a friend talking about another friend. And she said, every time I offered a babysit, she says, yes. And I am so sick of it. And I thought to myself, what the hell does that mean that you're offering something really hoping the person won't accept your offer and now you're resentful that the person has accepted the offer and that just screams to me someone here does not understand boundaries because I think of boundaries as like the rules that I set for myself and they are rules for what belongs to me and is within my control. And, but like, I get to set those rules um, and other people get to set their rules. And that's sort of what I think of when I say boundaries, it's like, I've set some rules for myself and like, maybe my rule is I'm only going to babysit four times a year. So then I won't offer that fifth time right? Like once, once it's been four, I'm not offering because you might say yes. And that's going to cross my boundaries. Um, given what we've said so far, and this has all been really helpful. Does anybody else want to jump in with another thought? Like sometimes we hear each other and it makes you think, wait, 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 let me say something else. Anything else on like what it means to have boundaries? There's something that's come up for me 
I'm thinking about what Elizabeth was saying in Kate, your example about feeling this anger or frustration. And I think that listening to that and recognizing that we're not bad people for feeling those feelings is a really great moment to check in and say, hey, maybe this is where I do need to think about what this boundary is. Um, because those emotions, at least for me, can be about, hey, let's move into some change here. Let's figure out what this is uh, instead of running from it. I think some people overextend boundaries to prove that they're not bad when they feel mad, upset, frustrated, right? But if we say, huh, this is what's happening and I'm going to approach it without judgment, then you can kind of see what's happening there and figure out what actually works for you. That's such a great point, Meg. And I, I feel like to part of what you are pointing out is that sometimes there's a fear about setting boundaries, about how the other person will react or what it will mean. Um, what will the consequences of this boundary be, whether it's in an interpersonal relationship or in a professional setting, you know, there is a fear, I think, especially, I can only speak for myself, but especially as a woman, right? If I'm not accommodating, if I don't say that yes this time, maybe someone won't ask again. And so there's there's this underlying fear about boundary setting that again, you kind of have to look at without judgment. And in addition to what Meg was saying is that sometimes setting boundaries can feel really scary. There can be a fear of what the consequence, consequences will be, whether it's in a romantic relationship or a friendship or in a professional situation. Um, there is a fear of if I say no to this, or if I say I'm not comfortable with this, will the other person leave me, right? Will the, will the friendship end? Will the relationship end? Will my job suffer? My career path be stunted? And almost always, I think that is not the case. That's anxiety and, and sort of living from a fearful place. And when it is the case, ultimately, that's not a situation you want to be in, right? Where you never get to say what you really think, where you're stuck constantly saying yes to everything and just like shriveling into a tiny dot. Yes. Shriveling, shriveling into a tiny dot is, um, you know, uh, it just can't be a great way to live your life. I just can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine that's what anyone's aiming for. And I don't, I don't get credit for this. Um, I heard someone say once, uh, the only people who will get mad when you set boundaries are the people who benefited from you having none. And people who are benefiting from you having no boundaries probably will get a little annoyed when you start to set them. And uh, tough shit. Anyone else care to? <laughs> Cheers to that. I completely agree with that. And I think that there are also some people who really care about us and want us to be in some boundaries, but this is a whole new way of interacting for some folks. So there's a learning curve, even if we're well-intentioned in it and folks care about us. And then there can also come a point where we just say, you know what, I've, I've given it a shot and maybe now it's time to reassess what this relationship is, which is another boundary in and of itself. And I think sometimes gets branded as an ultimatum, but I don't know if I'd call it that. Yeah. I'm thinking as we're talking um, a long time ago, when I was doing some counseling in a physician's office, I had two clients say to me within the same week that they had set a boundary with one with like her husband of many, many years and another with her adult child. So like long standing relationships, like we're talking about. And both the people in question said, 
who is this therapist you're seeing? And it really, the clients and I both had a good laugh about it because it really was like both those people, they responded well to the boundary setting after the initial kind of shock and horror, quite honestly, but they both had this reaction of, oh, this is different. What's going on? Like what has changed when you've never before stood up for yourself like this? What is going on now? So I say set boundaries. It'll freak people the fuck out. Yeah. Well, I'm laughing because have you met someone who, I don't know, they, they seem to have great boundaries in some ways, um, maybe even potentially overly rigid boundaries, like someone who's like, I don't do that ever. I will not stay past five o'clock. I do not come in a minute before I start my day. I do not talk to anyone on my lunch break. And they just have like such firm boundaries that they're maybe actually becoming quite off-putting to a lot of people and and potentially causing themselves to be a little bit isolated in the world. And I worry about that a little bit. And sometimes, sometimes I meet a person like that and I think, okay, this is the learning curve Megan was talking about. Like this is someone who just learned about boundaries and is excited about it and is now trying to set boundaries everywhere and is maybe just not actually knowing where their real boundaries are. They're just building walls up everywhere. Um, and so I try to give people a little grace to be like, all right, well, they maybe those boundaries are important, potentially. Maybe those boundaries are not important, but sometimes I think there is this learning curve of of trying to navigate where our lines are and we might be setting them so firmly because we never set them before. And this is just so exciting. <laughs> and, and I like to give people a little space and a little time to navigate which boundaries are still working for them and which maybe need to be shifted slightly. So far, we're starting to navigate with some examples, what boundaries means, what maybe it doesn't mean, uh, and, and where it can get a little bit murky. We've even been talking about how tough it can be to set boundaries when people may not respond so well, but what are some of the good things that could happen in a person's life if they do start to set boundaries? I mean, yes, there may be some tough things ahead. People might people might be unhappy, people might be confused, but what are some positive things that could happen to a person if they start to set these boundaries? Oh, I think one of my favorite positive things is when you start to set boundaries and space opens up for other people to show new parts of themselves, or you get to get to know new folks. Like I'm thinking about people that I've worked with who rely on one relationship or like in my life, you know, having a set group of friends. And when I say, you know, I think I've been overextending myself in this area. What if I set some boundaries here? I get to make space for a whole other set of relationships to come in and to spend time with really wonderful people. Um, and they also get to find really wonderful people. And it's possible to keep all of these things moving, but just figuring out what balance is, I think, best for folks. Um, and to your babysitter point, Kate, like, if we say no to babysitting, then a whole new person gets to be babysitter and a kid's life gets enriched. Like, Hey, that's great for everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and think of how I, I, I like this, like we're making space for something good to come about. I imagine if my friend said to the other friend, 
you know, I would love to babysit for you four times a year. Is this weekend one of those times that you would like to use me? Or would you like to use me some other time? Because I'm definitely game for four times a year. How nice that is to know about a person. Like if I was the parent who is getting, is receiving this information, I would be like, thank you so much for telling me how much you're available because I would worry if I said yes to you a fifth or sixth time that I'm taking advantage of you. And so I'm really nice. I'm really happy to hear exactly how much you would like to do this. And that way we can be on the same page. It makes space for us to just know each other better. Elizabeth, did you want to add anything there? Yeah, I just, just that you're, you're both right. As always, uh, it is it is a real uh, gift to give the other people in our lives, specifically because uh, this podcast is a great example, right? Most people want to be helpful. They cannot read our minds. I feel like I say this to my clients 27 times a week. People cannot read your mind. You have to sometimes say, I need, I want, can you please And I think for the most part, the people who love us, who want us to be well, who want to be helpful, even if there's an initial hurt feeling or an initial discomfort, overwhelmingly, there's that gratitude, right? Of like, great, I want to be able to help you. I'm glad that you're telling me how to help you. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you think is important for our audience of helpful people to hear like what's still on your mind that you're thinking you know I would be remiss if I didn't get the chance to say this (laughs) anything one of the things I think about is what if it's not a person that we need to set a boundary with but a system and so by a system I mean like a, a workplace or a school or a school district or a neighborhood or an extended family right Um, And so instead of looking for specific interactions with specific people, we can also think like, what can I give to my job without burning out? What can I give to this community without burning out? So um, it can be really different than I think just a list of things that show up on an Instagram graphic. Like it's that's never going to capture it all. Right. So just want to highlight that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, as I thank you, as I was describing boundaries as like these rules for what belongs to me versus what doesn't belong to me, you're right that some of what doesn't belong to me belongs to a system or to an organization or to, you know, a community. And so there are things that just just don't belong to me. They're not mine to control or manage. And that's a really helpful reminder right now. I think also when someone, I think we briefly talked about this, when someone tries to weaponize boundaries or what they think boundaries are, it is okay for you. If it, if it makes you uncomfortable when someone says it's my boundary to fill in the blank, control you, (laughs) to dictate who you can talk to, to make you work when you're not being paid, whatever it is, you know, if someone is using that word in a way that you're thinking like, I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> you are, you can uh, say no to that. You know, you get to choose if other people's boundaries don't work for you for whatever reason, 
or systems boundaries, as Meg was saying, don't work for you, you you have choices. Sometimes all the choices are hard. Sometimes all the choices are unpleasant, but you get to choose uh, dis- brief discomfort over long-term resentment. Mm. Yes. Can you imagine how much more joy there would be in everyone's lives if we took a little bit of discomfort? But it's so scary when looking it in the face sometimes. Yeah. I, I think that's when it's really good to talk to people too. If you're getting an ick, from somebody else's boundary, and I'm using air quotes here for people who are not looking at my screen, um, then it it can be really great to bounce it off of somebody and get some feedback if you're not feeling set within yourself about what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the questions I was gonna ask is like, how do we know when there has been a boundary violation either one where like your own boundaries are violated or somebody else is saying that their boundaries have been violated and maybe the simple answer is you don't know it's not like there's a a a, you know a test we can run and it's just going to spit out like yes definitely boundary violation here um these are murky things and as as meg said like you might get kind of an ick feeling as Elizabeth said, you might start to notice yourself feeling resentful. Um, these are clues. And I guess that's kind of the name of the game, folks. It's like collect some clues. If you feel like you're noticing this pattern of resentment in your life, that's a clue that maybe your boundaries need some firming up um, or that other people in your life need to learn how to respect your boundaries. And if you're getting that ick feeling or that somebody is kind of using this word against you somehow, Again, just a clue that we need to like run that by someone, talk to somebody about it, check it out a little bit, um, because unfortunately there is no, you know, like a hair sample test we can take to like figure out if there has been a boundary violation. Um, it's just one of those messy things. And and I worry um, that even though it's great that there are so many people starting to learn about boundaries, there are so many people who really have no clue what that's all about. And when those folks get together, right, you've got one person who's learning about this and one person who's never heard the word before, it can be a messy conversation. And, and, you know, the person who's learning about boundaries gets real excited about that and starts like, you know, using it to say like, well, it's not my fault. You have no boundaries. I'm asking the world to just like have your boundaries and love your boundaries and be proud of your boundaries and, and maybe have like a moment of compassion for folks who are like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> we can help them learn boundaries, but you know, Megan and Elizabeth and I have been talking about this stuff for I don't know how many years and have formal education and like of course it's easy for us to get together on a Friday afternoon and chat about boundaries for a lot of people this is a conversation that takes a lot of work and a lot of careful explanation and some clear examples like when this happened that crossed a line for me that was violating my boundaries when x and y happened that for me was a moment when my lines got crossed those examples are really helpful for folks well there's like a million other things that we could say we will not because we want to respect everyone's time um i have a feeling we'll do it again um i'm just you know kind of running that by the group and looking at your nonverbals to see if anybody's going to be like mm, 
not for me. Um, but I have a feeling we may get together to continue this conversation, to have some other conversations. For now, I want to thank Elizabeth, Megan, for joining me. Um, and if we do get any questions that come to the to the email account, which is kate at onlytryingtohelp.com. If any of those questions are specifically addressed to Megan or to Elizabeth, I'd be happy to pass them on to you. Um, but I think that's it for today, folks. Thanks for being here.